Hey, what's up, everybody? It's uh, it's ZC. I'm working on editing the show, and uh, obviously the UK election results are coming in. Obviously, this is bullshit. Um, you know, I don't want to just like sit here and offer the typical uh, 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 platitude. I don't want to send you hard emojis or anything, but I do know that we, uh, you know, we have a lot of UK listeners, and uh, this shit sucks. So just know uh, we're uh, we're thinking about you. We're feeling for you. Um, and, uh, and, uh, we'll keep going. So, uh, you know, a better world is possible and, uh, uh, fuck the Tories, fuck JK Rowling, fuck all the fence sitters, uh, fuck all the columnists with their, uh, uh, you know, why, why I can't vote labor, uh, articles and whatnot. That blood's on their hands. It's not on your hands. Hang in Love you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it's gamer time. Oh. We are in the midst of, uh, I mean, hey, when this episode, by the time this episode's out, the Game Awards will have happened. We will have seen whether or not the uh, the elusive Harry Potter AAA RPG is announced. I'd, I'd like you to, to redo that, and I'm going to tell you why. It's time okay. It's time for us to use our powers for good. Um, we bring a lot of stuff into this world. I would like a very confident, by the time this episode is out, we will have seen the Harry Potter AAA game at by the Game By the Awards. time this episode is out, by the time you are listening to this, the Harry Potter AAA RPG will have been announced. It has a full character <laughs> creator. It has a massive <laughs> open world with NPCs that react to your, uh, your choices. See that uh, mountain? You can walk to it. <laughs> <laughs> but we have uh you know we have we have other game announcements to kind of check in on and and attend to uh courtesy of wizardingworld.com uh did you know that there is a new harry potter mobile puzzle game in development yeah are you excited are you excited to no, play a I don't, match I don't three play those game? games and I, like no no shade to anyone that does I, like no. it's just not really my my style i'm gonna go I, back to hogwarts mystery that's what i'm gonna do well we we have some fans who've been sending us some great hogwarts mystery content i know uh, and i'm uh, like oh shit i need to play this game yeah, uh, I, I i i keep seeing that stuff and it does sort of seem like a video game that was made for us um in in some ways but but uh but we so there's there's hogwarts mystery which is out there's this new puzzle game that has been announced by wizardingworld.com uh puzzles have long been an integral part of the wizarding world from art smouting outsmarting mcgonagall's chess set to solving triwizard clues over the years fans have loved challenging themselves with harry potter board games puzzles quizzes and brain teasers and so now we are excited to announce a new Harry Potter puzzle game for mobile from San Francisco-based social game developer Zynga under the Portkey Games label. Are you excited for a new Zynga game? Um, yeah, I'm imagining a version of um, 
<laughs> Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and he's like doing the puzzles and he gets through to like the last room and there's just a table and then, the, and then on the table in the middle of the room is a, is a cell phone and it has a single game that he has to play like <laughs> play to proceed Snape instead of doing the potions puzzle Snape has coded an app for Harry to solve wow wow I love this because this would have killed in 2009 or something, right? Like, remember Puzzle Quest? Remember when everything was a match three game for a while? Why didn't yeah. they do this then? What the fuck? Who? Someone got a very big bonus check this year because they suggested Harry Potter match three game because they Googled like Candy Crush profit margin. Top Top games. Yeah, top, and top they, games of the decade. And they showed the boss, hey, this made money. What if we put Harry Potter name on it and get money too? Mm. And that person is moving into a bigger mansion this week. Wonderful. I'm so excited. It's going into beta. We're going to be able to play it soon. Um, uh, but that the, the best part about this is like all that information I just I just read, the like puzzles have been long part of the wizarding world and it's mm. a match three game that's all the, there's no title there's no screenshots there's no anything it's just we are making this well alrighty then wouldn't it be wouldn't it be messed up if this is what like got me into candy crush because it just oh. missed me i just didn't I, yeah. I don't think so though i don't think my brain works that way i like i mean like i liked puzzle quest a lot on the ds but like that was a DS game that like didn't ask you to pay real money, right? Like it was it was just you bought it and that was the game. Mm. Uh, that game was cute. Um, oh, but enough gaming news. No mm. more gaming. Gaming. Mm -mm. Gaming. Putting time. It's time to put away childish things. Exactly. And talk about real shit. Yeah. Uh, like Harry Potter Wizarding World Gold. I am so sick of week after week. Uh, recording and feeling snubbed over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, we were so we were not invited. So Wizarding World Gold had its first event this past week. Uh, it was a Christmas party mm. in the uh, Great Hall room that is in the uh, the London Studio Tour. Right. Uh, they invited some influencers to go to this. Uh, and maybe here's the thing I don't know. I can't figure out if they actually invited any like normal Wizarding World Gold members. I or... think so. I think that's who the background people were. Okay, we watched. That's what it we... looked like. Yeah, we watched a video of one of our favorite Harry Potter influencers. Influencers. Yes, uh, uh, going to this event uh, and, and and filming it. So it was like it was like a set menu dinner. At the studio tour, Warwick Davis was there to like give a little speech. Uh, the entire anecdote <laughs> that he that he uh, uh, recited was included in this video. I could not hear it because it was very echoey. Um, but uh, and and then and then they just sort of like dumped everyone out into the studio tour. Mm -hmm. Like it, it didn't seem like there was honestly all that much like special at this thing aside from you know the, the, the having dinner in the hall but there wasn't yeah. like 
and there wasn't like a special event or anything, right? Like they weren't there weren't activities planned, or at least not in this video that we saw. No, it was um, just like a catered dinner for a hundred people, and I had the distinct impression watching it that I was just like, if I was there, I would get a headache. That's my <laughs> that's my biggest like takeaway. Well, right, because like Warwick, da- like the, the Warwick Davis speech, like I love Warwick Davis. I think he's a, he seems like a great guy. He's very funny. He's he's a, he's a good actor. Um, and he, he was giving this speech and like, I'm sure that if I could have heard it, I would have enjoyed it and found it very funny. But it kind of sounded like this was, hello everyone, welcome to the, it was just like, you could not, it, I mean, like it is a hall, right? Like it, it was a, it was a, a, a big ass dining hall. Impossible to tell what he was saying. Um, uh, and Again, like like I said, like they have like the Death Eater walking around and like mean mugging at people at their tables, which doesn't really seem all that much fun to me. Um, but there was no, yeah, there was like no event here aside from the dinner with uh, ostensibly other Harry Potter super fans, uh, which just feels a bit limp, I guess, especially because this is like a very select party for one. It, it, you are randomly drawn out of the pool of Wizarding World Gold members. Uh, and then on top of that, you need to be able to get to London. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I mean, we haven't signed up yet. I think it's I think it's coming. It's time. Um, we should do it. The new year, we should we should spend some Patreon bucks on getting ourselves an acrostic. Yeah, to, to bite into the scrapple um, as soon as possible. <laughs> but I, I just, like, if I were sincerely signing up for it, I... Maybe if I thought about it a little bit, I would be kind of pissed at the idea of of essentially like crowdsourcing uh, and paying for people to go to a catered dinner, specifically like Harry Potter YouTube influencers. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, great, glad I could, yeah. glad I could help out. Yeah, it's super weird. Like the like, I'm not against like the event portion of this, but it's like. The, the the at least the video that we saw it was like it was the catered dinner and that was that and, and then the rest of it was just like the normal studio tour experience mm-hmm. which i feel like if you are i i would say like generally the level of like mega fan who is sure. who signed up for harry potter wizarding world gold no questions asked and is near london has mm-hmm. probably done the studio tour right so, I guess it's novel to go like after hours and yeah. eat dinner there. It's like going. It's like going and getting married at the aquarium. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I know th- this is just like another like we, we've we've talked so much about how funny it is that WB is like like f- like following like the Disney format here with the way that they're handling the brand. And, like, in some cases, it's worked. Like, the Harry Potter theme park seems like it's doing gangbusters, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the this subscription is so funny because it, it, it hasn't, still has not really, aside from an acrostic, had, like, a killer app reason to, to do this. Especially not... Uh, uh, Don't uh, forget eating, the ebooks. <laughs> eating a catered, uh, a catered set menu. Um, but this this feels like... Like did 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 a WB like like you know we talked about the WB guy who just got a who just got a bonus for pointing out that uh, a long time ago Candy Crush made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Did That's another right. did another executive come up with this idea like hey Disney World has the like Club Thirty Three thing or whatever it's called the like mysterious restaurant 
that like only the it's like invitation only for like Disney super fans or whatever. Like, it, did they see that and go like, this is going to be that for us? I don't That's... know what this is. Well, would you like to know what the next Wizarding World event is going to be? You know, like sure. they did this test run. They got some inter- they got, they got some influencers in. Maybe uh, it'll be closer to me so that if I win, I can go. Well, this uh, this article is called Valentine's Day just got a whole lot more magical. Mm. Ah, Valentine's Day. That's, we too, can't... that's too bad. I already have plans on Valentine's Day. I'm going to see the Sonic movie the day it comes out. That's right. Oh, I forgot that's on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. We can't say Harry Potter always has the greatest time on Valentine's Day. Just ask Cho Chang. But nonetheless, it is a cause for some much-needed romance in the Wizarding World. Who can forget the dozen surly-looking dwarves that Lockhart dressed with golden wings and armed with harps to deliver Valentine's messages? In the absence of these messengers, we're pleased to report that the Valentine's dinner in the Great Hall will return to the Warner Bros. studio toward London, the making of Harry Potter God on Friday the 14th, Saturday the 16th, and Sunday the 16th, February 2020. They are just doing the same event. This is this is <laughs> this is it. This is this is your Wizarding World gold standby is hoping you get invited to whichever version of this catered dinner they're holding next. Wonderful. Uh, there are 33 pairs of tickets, 11 pairs per night that have been exclusively allocated to gold subscribers. Oh, so you can, you might be able to get into this without being in gold, I guess. Like, I I guess it's just like most of them are allocated for, for gold people. Mm. Uh, couples are invited to spend Valentine's Day in a truly magical location this February, uh, as the studio tour hosts a romantic dinner. Wait, they're inviting people as couples? How? I I guess they, hmm. like, you'd get a plus one with your invite. Yeah, maybe maybe it has to be like a. This this is bizarre. Uh, each night from Friday the fourteenth uh, to this Sunday the sixteenth, guests attending the evening will be greeted on arrival with welcome drinks and canapes, including a special love potion cocktail. Do they remember what the love potion? Is? Does does anyone working at WB remember what that is? No. <laughs> no? You'll have your own special romantic space with tables for two and a three-course dinner. Complimentary photos will be taken at the tables. Oh, lovely. Wow. Uh, after after dinner, access to the studio tour is all yours. So, beautiful. You will be able to... Why did they not just run these as, like, super fan paid events? What is... Uh... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I cannot imagine anyone is excited about this, really. It, you know, unless, again, unless you're someone who has truly already, like, gulped down all of the Kool-Aid. Uh, let me just check here. The Christmas party, it got eight replies on Twitter hmm. when they posted this thing. Uh, one reply is... Uh, as a gold member, not really worth it unless you live in London. <laughs> there are they're the ones that are buying into your Bonzi bullshit. I think they mean Ponzi, what? but like I think <laughs> they mean Ponzi, but they spelled it Bonzi, like Bonzi buddy. I will tell you that I thought that you were saying like Bondzi, like James Bond, because <laughs> Bonzi bullshit, like what? <laughs> James Bonzi bullshit. Uh. Why do you think I don't even know who liked my tweet? 
So I don't know what David's on about, but I agree with him, honestly. Uh, yeah, this this thing, I just, I, I, I they they need they need better stuff. They th- this is this is going. I feel like this is going to be a running segment on in our in our news uh, recaps week to week. It's just like begging them to make this gold subscription worth it at all. I just um. Can't. Yeah, I've had a vision. I had a vision oh. last night. I told Ooh. you about it, and it's about okay. it's about oh, yeah. the show that they're going to release the, st- mm. the streaming show. Um, I think that um, that the people probably have opened their hearts to Baby Dobby, um, yes. because of Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian. Um, but I think that uh, I think that we will be punished because they're going to try to capitalize on that. They're like, for our Harry Potter show, we're going to put baby Dobby <laughs> in and he's going to, he's going to be cute and wonderful, just like baby Yoda. And we're going to go viral and it's going to be in all the hot memes, uh, going forward. Uh, but it's not going to work and it's just not going to be as good, you know? And it's just going to be sad watching all of the Harry Potter fans, like make these like half hearted, <laughs> like, baby dobby memes there's gonna like rehash all the baby yoda memes but with baby baby dobby which is gonna have like a, a, a like a much worse puppet or it's just going to be bad cgi oh the, it's gonna man- be way worse they're gonna make the like drake meme of like no no to baby yoda and then like yes baby dobby but <laughs> it's oh, not God. gonna be good yeah the mandalore you know i I, in, in my Star Wars fugue last week, mm. I watched all of Mandalorian so far, and I will say, pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. It's, that's a solid. That's a solid seven out of ten show. Sure. Um. Uh. The Mandalorian being good, I think, might have disastrous consequences for like fandom discourse for the foreseeable future, because now that there is a good show that like capitalizes on the like like most wishful fantasies of the fandom right Uh like people people have wanted a goddamn boba fett show since like 1984 right like 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 this is a dream come true for people sure now that that exists there is now a concrete example for people to point to when they say like oh uh, uh warners should make a uh marauders show and it should be like the Mandalorian, right? And they're gonna like, have Baby Dobby, yeah. <laughs> and they're gonna have Baby Dobby, but like that's that's the thing is is now now that like a good, like complete fan service like uh uh, uh uh like like deep deep fandom lore show exists, like that's it for now. Now every company has to make one of these, or 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 you know, or, or at least fans will feel like anything is now possible because like hey if star wars fans got their boba fett ass show then then you know we deserve what's coming to us we deserve the the marauders show we deserve the r-rated uh game of thrones harry potter post battle of hogwarts show right yeah so so like obviously baby dobby is baby yoda um who who's like the man what's the fan service like what's what do you think it's marauders is like like the equivalent to like oh we want boba fett or do you think no. it is like horrors yeah no it'd be like cool horrors i think like um do you remember when ign did that like f- april fools thing that was like the fake horrors show a few years yeah. ago sure people are still mad about that like like if you go if you search that on the harry potter subreddit there are still people who are fucking pissed 
that they that they like would All dare I to hear joke about that. When I hear that. that, is just like police procedural. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people want. I think people want like a cool, like a cool, like disaffected horror cop show. I think Sirius Black is like the Boba Fett of the Harry Potter fandom, though. Hmm. Obviously, Sirius Black has a lot more to do in the story than, yeah. than Boba Fett ever did. I mean, I guess unless you count his dad in the prequels, right. but right. um, oh, but I no, feel I like he's see- the most like, oh, he's badass. Yeah, I yes, I, I although although I I wonder. I, I'm not sure which like like whether these are like the same side of the fandom. Like I, I I almost wonder if like the Marauder stuff is like more like the people who are like into the shipping aspect of it, right? Is kind of what I have always that's gathered. True. Yeah, that's that's true. Actually, I've got it. I've got it all figured out. Um, it's going to be, uh, young Moody during the first war with Baby There Bobby. we go. Perfect. Yes. Yes. He is surly Moody. He's the most badass dark wizard hunter in the world. And he has to learn, he has to learn to soften up a little bit when he has, when he finds a, a mysterious baby house elf. <laughs> oh, and then, and then he, Davi ends up with like the Malfoys and like a failed, you know, mission that Moody goes yeah, on. Yeah, that's how he uh, loses his eye. Yeah, see, all, I've got it all figured out. Yeah, that that's perfect. Yeah, Moody is definitely the best, the best comparison here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. We've got it all sorted out. So these are things we are willing into into existence. We will see the Harry Potter RPG. Uh, we will get invited to an Easter breakfast at the studio tour or something, and we will. <laughs> Uh, uh, see a uh, a Moody and Dobby Mandalorian ripoff one day. Do you think we'll be invited to 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 write on on the show, the Moody Dobby show at the Easter breakfast or whatever? <sighs> yes, yo, yes, yes. In fact, J.K. Rowling herself will come over and say, "I've been listening to your podcast, and actually, all of your rewrite ideas are genius, and I would like you to reboot the series for me." Amazing. <laughs> These are these are my clairvoyant visions I've been having. Yeah, we've done we've done the secret on this podcast. <laughs> oh, let's get into our reading for the week, huh? Can't put it off any longer. <sighs> Can't we? <laughs> I I've been dreading um, doing my summary this week, like mm. all morning. Partially because I had been meaning to uh, ask you how I should pronounce Voldemort's mom's name, and I forgot. Uh, Maropi, right? I don't know. I have no idea. I believe it is like Maropa or Maropi. I- is it a real name? I yes. didn't look it up. Yes, it is. It is a Greek, uh, Greek name. Oh, Maropi. According to the subreddit. Okay. Mer- I don't know. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's a it's it's Greek mythology name. I didn't have a Greek mythology phase, so. Oh. Uh, well. So I'm okay. Okay, I won't put it off any longer. Well, I I, just, I can help you yeah. here. I if sure. you start reading, I might be able to to maybe uh, 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 give you some motivation to 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 get us through this uh, uh, description here. Great. This is chapter ten. 
This is called the House of Gaunt. Um, Harry is kicking ass at potions. He's so good at potions. He's top of the class. He's following the mysterious prince's instructions in his book. Um, and and his friends are none too happy about it. Um, Harry does offer to share the instructions with, with Ron and Hermione, but Ron can't can't uh follow them because he can't read the handwriting and hermione won't do it because she's like i'm going to follow the official instructions and do it the right way and you're like maybe kind of cheating a little bit um hermione also speculates that maybe the prince um is a is a girl based on the handwriting um to which she is told by harry and ron uh no it's the prince duh um harry has to go meet with dumbledore uh, he doesn't know what, what he'll be learning about. Um, and on his way, he runs into Trelawney, who is doing some some card reading uh, as she's kind of walking down the hallway. So that's a little bit ominous. Um, Harry meets up with Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore kind of uh, not chastises him, but is like, I see you've already had detention. Uh, I've rescheduled your detention with Snape for next Saturday since you have this meeting with me. Uh, Harry kind of looks around the room and he's like, it looks the same. Um, but but he can't help but notice that no space has been cleared to learn all of the badass spells he had assumed that he was going to be trained in uh, on these these like private lessons with Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore pulls out the pensive and is like, okay. I'm going to show you a memory, and that's what we're going to be doing. Um, this is a memory of Bob Ogden's, and Bob Ogden um, was a, is a cop. And Harry's like, okay. So they go in, and what happens is a scene uh, from the perspective, I suppose, of Harry watching Bob Ogden. Um, and he is approaching... Little Hangleton, which we remember from book four, and maybe also Harry remembers from book four, um, which is where uh, the cemetery was that Voldemort took him and, you know, his dad's grave was there or whatever. Um, and and Bob Ogden is approaching a, a house that is kind of tucked away from all of the other houses and is surrounded by trees and is overlooking a valley of like a muggle village. Um and it's it's kind of just like a run. We get the idea that it's kind of like a rundown shack type place. Um, as Ogden approaches, he sees that there's a dead snake nailed to the door. Um, and and as he's as he's approaching, a like a crazy guy jumps down from a tree and he's like telling him to go away, like get out of here, you're not welcome. Um, and and Bob Ogden is confused. Um, at which point Dumbledore says to Harry, "You can understand him, right?" And it turns out that this this guy is speaking Parcel Tongue. Um, and once it's pointed out to Harry, he can tell that it's Parcel Tongue, but he didn't notice until then. Um, uh, it turns out that this this guy is his name is Morphin, and Ogden is there uh, to to summon him. Uh, to a hearing uh, for attacking a muggle. And he kind of tries to talk to Morphin, but it, Morphin is just like not um, not really cooperating, I suppose, and, and eventually um, puts a like a hex or a jinx on Ogden when he won't go away that makes a bunch of pus come out of his nose, at which point an old man comes from the house and, and tells Morphin to go inside, and it's Morphin's dad, but he's also just like, I, you're not welcome here. We, 
you know, go away. We don't want we don't want the government here telling us what to do. Uh, but he does eventually invite Ogden inside, um, and and Ogden kind of tells tells the dad, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here about Morphin. He he attacked a Muggle. He has a history of that. He needs to go to a hearing. He's broken the law. Um, and this is when we get kind of the impression of Mister Gaunt, um, who who is the the head of the household is like a pure blood um extremely anti muggle anti you know anti the government telling him that they can't attack muggles randomly uh guy um there's also a a young girl in the house um who who drops a pot and it's just and it's horrible and she gets verbally abused and called a squib and <laughs> and it's just so sad and Harry's like oh, she's the most defeated person I've ever seen um, Ogden objects to this and is like don't be mean to your daughter Mr. Gaunt um, but I mean that's just it's just so sad um, <laughs> what's up thank you <laughs> I'm just, I'm just soak, I'm just soaking it in. It's just, it's so pathetic. Um, Ogden has a back and forth with Mr. Gaunt, and Mr. Gaunt freaks out on him and shows him a ring and is like, "I am pure blood. I'm related to Salazar Slytherin." Um, on and on. Um, and then it's at this point when some Muggles are going by outside. Morphin is like, "Oh, my sister, Merope." Merope uh, has been eyeing that muggle, and I jinxed him because he is filth. Um, and then the Gaunts all attack each other, and they're gonna kill Merope. Um, and when Ogden tries to intervene, um, he like gets attacked by the Gaunts and has to run outside. Um, and and that's that's the end of the memory. <laughs> oh uh, shit! I can't <laughs> stop it. Uh. uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm having a problem here. It's a, I put the full track in here, and every time I click it, it doesn't stop it. It just starts it again. It's beautiful. Um. Oh, okay, wait. I don't know what the other buttons I have here are. <laughs> okay, we're good. That one's shorter. <laughs> so, that was the memory. Um, and... When they leave the memory, Harry and Dumbledore put their put their heads together, and Harry's figured some stuff out um, because it's revealed that the Muggle that uh, Merope was uh, had a crush on is Tom Riddle Voldemort's. It's Voldemort's parents, and they they are horrible. And Dumbledore basically exposits the rest of the story, which is that Merope um, once Mister Gaunt and Morphin were arrested by the ministry. Uh, she like love potioned Tom Riddle, um, got pregnant, they got married, but she uh, maybe under delusion or perhaps uh, deciding that she was too guilty for for love potioning him, stopped the love potion, hoping that he would stick around. Uh, but he he left her with with baby Voldemort. Um, once they, once they f finish that story, Harry's like, why'd you tell me all that? 
what happened to your hand? Dumbledore's like, nope, we're out of time. Sorry, you gotta leave. <laughs> um, and Harry, <laughs> so Harry looks, he's like, Harry's like, okay, I'm leaving now. And then he turns around and he's like, oh, that ring, that was the ring on your hand. That's the ring that Mr. Gaunt had. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, please leave. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did a terrible job. I just, no. just it's just no, it's no, just no. brutal. It is a it's whew, you know this I don't oof. This book has been so good comparatively up until this point. But uh who who we uh is this chapter just a nosedive? Uh not even just like we'll we'll get to the damn uh pensive stuff but before we even get there we have to talk about this like absurd it's dream logic the the whole thing with hermione and ron being mad at harry for reading notes in a book is (laughs) incomprehensible to me like there are david lynch movies that make more sense on paper it is not not only like like for one it's just like weird and like kind of out of character like why why would ron be mad but the like added detail of like well ron is too stupid to read small handwriting i yeah it it really is like it it almost feels like a oh we have a problem why would harry not tell ron and hermione how to do the potions good and so it was like, okay, we have to find out the reason. And Hermione's like kind of makes sense, sort of. I kind of want to get into that a little bit more. But but Ron being hand waved away is like Ron can't read the handwriting. Period. That's insane. It. Just just the most blatant like lampshade ever. Like it's it's so bizarre. Um, but yeah, Hermione like there's almost an opportunity for uh, character development for Hermione here. That's just squandered immediately, apparently. Yeah, I'm sort of of two minds about it because it's like, I guess this could be her like crisis of faith with books. Yeah. Official instructions saying that there's one way to do things and it's the best way and that's all there is. And, and teachers saying this is the book to, to learn this stuff on and that's that's all there is. And so and I could I could see her maybe learning something or being torn between um, wanting to do things what what like her preconceived notion of the right way mm-hmm. versus her desire to excel. Right. right. Like a like, oh, is this wrong but I will do anything I can to get a good grade. Like all of that stuff is there for her character. Uh, but I guess not. I guess not. And like, I, as, as much as like that idea, like that, I think that idea would at least save this particular plot point. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that you, we would at least like wring some blood out of this stone and like, get okay, well at least we're getting some good character moments out of this. But like, I just cannot, buy i i cannot buy into this narrative that like either of these teenagers would give a shit about a book having notes in it (laughs) has jk rowling seen a textbook before people people be scribbling in those things like are are all of the hogwarts textbooks like just pristine has no one ever like doodled like a dick in like the corner of a page before has nobody like like written 
like no one's crossed stuff out no one's like fixed typos no one's no one's like doodled stuff in the margins just no one does that no one's seen that before it's like no no one's seen this before no no one no one has ever written in a notebook before you you better be careful no one's done this before i i also just don't understand harry's character here why does he care yeah, he's he, very I, impressed. Like it goes to, but it does it. It gives it a very like dream sequence quality that almost like counteracts the fact that we do know that this is this is just writing in a textbook. But he is very taken in and really like likes the person that wrote it and is like interested and like flips through it in the same way that he did like Riddle's Diary. But we know this isn't enchanted. He's just like, but I I don't know why he cares so much. Yeah, like, like I, 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 you know, I can see him caring that the results are working, right? Like, like it is getting him good grades. He wants to be an or he needs to he needs to get a good grade in potions. I get him caring about it working for him, right? But his like his weird fascination with like, ooh, who is the prince? I respect the prince, the guy who has written uh, a couple of instructions every page that are better than the normal one, like. That is biz- like this is the first time Harry has ever been interested in anything magical, and it's like it, it, it's it's a guy who had <laughs> who gave like, himself a nickname. Don't cut the beans, crush the beans, <laughs> crush with the, the side bean. of your knife. But like Harry, Harry has been coasting through his his like school career this whole time. Hasn't given a shit. Like over like what. At 11 years old, he, like, got over the idea that, like, magic was real and this entire secret world existed. Uh, but now, you know, six years later, he has suddenly, he's recaptured that childhood, like, wonder because because a, uh, a book said, hey, you should crush this bean instead of cutting it. Don't get oh, more Oh, you beans. can stir one time counterclockwise? Damn. Magic, magic is crazy. This guy's a genius. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, like, super nitpicky. Almost so much so that I don't want to say it. But it does make the world feel small to me that Hermione doesn't immediately go out and look for other instructions for the same potion. Right! Is, like, like, is there why just is she one not like, book? Okay, like, is this the only book? Is she not like, oh, maybe I'm going to read more about crushing these beans and see if somewhere else it says to crush on the side with my silver dagger. Maybe this recipe has me stirring counterclockwise one time. Wouldn't yeah, she su- have some curiosity about that? Yeah, I'm surprised that her reaction is is like... Like, like, like the, the way that this is set up, it's like Harry is Galileo. Like Harry is <laughs> Harry's like, hey, I made this telescope and I figured out that the that the earth revolves around the sun. And Hermione is like, no, it doesn't. No, it does not. The sun revolves around the earth. The earth is the center of the world, and that's it, and that's that. Like it's it's weird that she has no her first response to like being presented with superior knowledge isn't like, oh damn. I wonder I wonder what that's all about. I mean, I think there is something there for her as like wanting to wanting to stick with the established rules, right? But it's just, it it almost, the way it's used is just to have her, like an excuse as to why Harry is only going to be looking at the book, like that he's going to be the only one. It, and, and, and also like, it is, it is very weird that her, like, like, okay, I, I, I can, I can buy her wanting to trust the, the book, 
I can buy her being distrustful of secret instructions in that like go against the grain. Except like like there's no we have never really gotten an example of like how badly a like a like a wrong potion mix can go. Other than it, like, oh, it turned like like in all the books is like, oh, Neville's potion was a little sludgy, or like Harry's potion was bad and it like coughed up some smoke, right? Like, if Hermione was like, hey, Harry, you should probably stop fucking around because like if you make this potion wrong, you'll die, right? Like, yeah, that's a really interesting angle I hadn't considered, especially since that it is going to culminate in him using an unknown spell and almost killing someone. Yeah. Like, like, like that, that I could at least see being in character of Hermione being like, Harry, you fool. Don't you realize that if you like mix a, I don't know, a, a Wiganweld potion wrong, you'll create mustard gas, right? Like, 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 I don't know, like, like something, some sort of stakes to, to like, to show that Harry is like going out on a limb here. Doing some risk taking behavior. Yeah, just anything really. And it, it, it. Yeah, it's it just I as it stands the way it's written in this book, it's like I I don't understand either Ron or Hermione's reaction to this. I may, maybe I maybe I was not uh, uh, either a Ron or a Hermione at my time in high school, but I just cannot fathom being sixteen, seventeen years old and caring that my friend was reading someone else's notes out of a book well and for and for some reason our takeaway is that ron can't read cursive and hermione thinks that only girls can write in cursive so <laughs> you know that whole again speaking of dream logic that whole conversation what was that those are the two genders princesses that can write in cursive and and princes that can't read cursive it's so <laughs> weird it's so weird hey hermione why is that in there I don't know. And then the, the part the part that truly blew me away, because like this whole thing is silly and, and bizarre. Um, and yeah, so I, I was nearly knocked on my ass by the like, uh, it could have been a girl thing for Hermione. And then Harry saying like, how many girls do you know called the prince, etc. Just just complete bizarre dialogue exchange there. But the the part that just really put a cherry on top of this whole thing is when Harry says, hey, it's time for me to go to my lesson with Dumbledore, Ron and Hermione just seem to, like, forget that this argument had been happening. They're like oblivion NPCs. When you, like, you say something that makes them mad, and then you choose, like, rumors or something, and 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 then they say, like, oh, I saw a mud crab the other day. Like, they're just happy. There's all of a sudden just complete reset. Like, have a great time, Harry. Like, just, it's so weird. It, it oh, feels like... Oh, you should tell us what happened later, Harry. I'm excited Goodbye. to know what happened, Harry. Like, like just, just super weird. Just, just... This whole thing feels like a first pass. It's 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 so <laughs> I don't know. I I I like I was expecting the pensive stuff to be silly in this chapter. I was not prepared for the uh the Harry Ron and Hermione subplot to just like be this ridiculous. I the book the book thing is weird. Do we know what what's the deal with the Trelawney thing? Do we, is that a clue to anything specific? I, I, don't I don't remember. I don't know this book well enough. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything in the, uh, uh, about this book. So I'm, I guess I, I can I can read it real quick. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, it's very deliberately there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Two of spades, conflict. 
Seven of spades, an ill omen. Ten of spades, violence. Knave of spades, a dark young man, possibly troubled, one who dislikes the questioner. And then there's a uh, pause. Well, that can't be right. She said annoyed. That's it. Hmm. It just seemed it just seems like so deliberate, right? Like it's it's there. But and also the fact that we know, uh, you know, uh, Trelawney has been used in this way before. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, let's put let's put off this pensive thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put it. <sighs> Thank you to Stack Exchange. Ooh. Maybe. We'll see. I believe the questioner means the person asking the question of the cards, i.e. Sybil. Presumably, the reason she thinks that can't be right is that she can't believe anybody dislikes her. The only puzzling bit is that the cards actually seem to be sensing Harry's presence in contrast to Trelawney's usual incompetence. Oh, that's cute. I like that. That's goofy. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's that's funny. Uh, so kind of a red herring, I guess, but like a little, a little characterful moment with Trelawney. I like that. I'm okay with that. What I am not okay with is, uh, everything that happens after this. Is it time? Should we dig into this? Shall we? I have an exciting announcement. Oh, ooh, okay. There's a most underlined line in this chapter. I bet you can guess what it is. Um... Maybe not because I, I didn't no, I don't think you, I, but I'm I'm sure that if you had read the chapter with that in mind, you would know what it is. Yeah, no, um, I and I'd it not. is Dumbledore saying, "From this point forth, we shall be leaving the firm foundation of fact and journeying together through the murky marshes of memory into thickets of wildest guesswork." Ah, ooh, tantalizing, huh? Ah. Mysterious, ooh. Wow, that would sure be a good quote if it weren't for the fact that these memories are actually completely objective. It's a movie. <laughs> it's just time a to movie watch a movie. It's a movie you get from someone's brain. Yeah. I yeah, I can't believe that Dumbledore just invited Harry to his office to uh to watch police procedurals. I mean, it's so the the actual uh, memory is so gruesome and i'm having uh, like a, a funny um two chapter in a row like harry going from snape's classroom where he got to see gore pics and then dumbledore's <laughs> like hey check this shit out check out this true crime it's so messed up it's dumbledore's showing harry cringe videos like he is <laughs> it's Okay, so Bob, I, I I'm gonna try and go as like in order as possible here because I have a lot of notes and, and and thoughts about this thing. Okay, Bob Ogden, Bob was Ogden, an employee of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Uh, so a character we've never heard of, but he's he's a he's the big he's the big cop on campus. He's basic cop, basic basic version cop. He has not. He is not subclassed into or he is the most he is the most basic fighter type ministry employee. I also want to stop you right there and ask you if when Dumbledore is telling Harry what they're going to be watching, when Harry says, who was Bob Ogden? That struck me as really weird. It's weird that because obviously Bob Ogden is dead, but I don't think that Harry had any information about yeah, him. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, Harry al al already assumes that this guy is a was. 
That's interesting. Uh, I right off the bat, before we even get into the memory, I have issues with this, and this is this is maybe more of like a galaxy brain, like like world building nitpick thing. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, that the pen, like for as stupid as the pensive is, just just on its face, um, I believe firmly that if someone dies you should not be able to look at their memories anymore why would not every single person leave all of their memories yeah like uh, i i don't know like why would they not like download them like fucking like hard drive backup style right exactly it is it is so weird like the way like 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 jk rowling has like accidentally written ghost in the shell here like mm-hmm. like like and and to be clear if that was how the world building was set up on purpose and the wizarding world was like a weird like magical version of transhumanism where like people were able to like upload and download all their memories and like preserve themselves as ghosts or as like like living memories that people can visit and watch and stuff like that would be cool if the story took any of that into account right Mm-hmm. But as it stands, the pensive has already been like a wrench in the in the the works for me in terms of like how how this society functions, right? Like, why have a court system if you have these these pensives? Like, what what's the point? Like, why why would you just invent the Muggle court system independently if you have access to people's real objective memories? That's already a problem. But now, not only can you get, like, people's objective memories from when they, you know, while they're still alive, apparently they just last forever. If you get that goo in the bottle, it stays there. So you could just, like, create a library of all of history, which is fucking cool, except that that's not how this story works. That's not something that ever comes up. This is like a again like using a a uh, a potentially very cool storytelling mechanism purely because you like want harry to be the perspective character most of the time it's so broken it doesn't make any sense the the other thing that i'm very confused about and and this is like only a detail because of of the snape occlumency lessons are the the part where i don't understand if so it seems to be conflicting whether someone can like remembers a memory after they've taken it out of their head or if they don't right because snape mm-hmm. took out all of his all of his like jerk off memories so that harry didn't see them <laughs> right. when they did occlumency yeah but he also knows they're there like it's not like it's not like they're like eternal sunshining themselves right. when they do this right i i guess because like, we find out later that Slughorn edits some memories, but he no- he he ends up telling Harry what the real memories are. Right. So he still remembers what the memory. So oh god, I'm giving myself a headache here. So he re- he remembers what the memory the real memories are, but the memories that he puts forth are edited, and like apparently it's very obvious that it's edited too. I I just think like like you're right. The idea that that someone can pull out. Um, like an objective m- movie, essentially of, of of an event, 
would so fundamentally change society, right? Yeah. Like that is such a, an enormous, like everything would be that way, right? Like Harry would leave that hearing that he had for his like whatever underage magic thing and they'd be like, okay, extract the memory. We need a record of it. Yeah. You know, and it would create this like crazy like brain surveillance state. Right. It would be like, remember that, um, that scene in Blade Runner 2049 where he like goes to the archive and that mm-hmm. like that like weird bald guy like goes through that giant like drawer to like pull out all of the uh the like records of people mm-hmm. like the Department of Mysteries would be that for memories right like mm-hmm. like that I'm like that's potentially really fucking cool right like they, you could write a you could write a story about a world where like history is entirely objective uh right uh that's fascinating but that is not the society that harry potter takes place in at all it drives i think the thing that just really drives me crazy about it is that i mean the reason that this is in here the reason that we read this is because she wanted to show us a movie of voldemort's parents right right? yeah i (sighs) It's, Come it's, on. It's, it's, it's a flimsy justification, especially when this book has already had, like, pretty good other perspective chapters, right? But because Harry needs this information, it needs to be a pensive scene. Um, and then the other thing that I think, and this, like, this is more of, like, a wider lens criticism of this, this mechanic, but, like, this is yet another thing on the pile uh that is like muddying the idea of like what death means in this world Mm -hmm. like we have okay we have ghosts who are clearly like sentient copies of whoever that like the person was right we have paintings which also seem to be like uh, uh, completely uh, like they're alive. They retain the personalities of the people that they are paintings of. They have independent thought, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you you can create a painted person. We have the weird um the the what are what is, what's it called the priori incantatum uh uh ghost things. We have the resurrection stone. We have the whole Master of Death concept. Right. We have the Philosopher's Stone. For a series that is, like, about how you have to let go of people, right? Like, that. that is a, a core theme. Like, Voldemort is the villain for wanting to cheat death. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to, to defeat the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. But that's what this is. Like, like, like the idea that someone's completely objective living memory could just be stuffed in a bottle and brought out so it could be like mined for like content in a mystery (laughs) is so ghoulish uh in a real again in a way that could be super fascinating but instead it's just like instead it's just like uh no like when you die the only thing that changes is that, like, your physical form isn't there, but, like, there's still a, an AI painting of you. You could still be a ghost. All of your memories could be stored in some bottles somewhere, which, uh, like, again, approaches brilliance and, like, uh, this idea of, like, the, this, like, almost, like, prescient, like, story about 
I don't know. It could be about like the digital age. It could be about anything. The way that like when people die now, you know, people leave like all of their online presence behind, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's new for that. That's a new thing that society is dealing with. But that's not the story J.K. Rowling is writing. She's writing a story about how an evil snake man uh, wanted to cheat death, and that's bad. Uh, and Harry needs to get some information about how sad his mom's life was. Yeah. <laughs> it's so silly okay so the the memory itself uh here we go i'm gonna tell you the three things okay i because i i didn't really know how to like tell the vibe of what's happening obviously your your soundtrack helped um but i would just like to say these are the three things I'm, i'm going to pull from yeah one resident evil the one the one in the house with the cannibal people. Yeah. Is Resident that the Evil's newest one? Yeah, that's seven. Yeah. That's seven. Yeah. Resident Evil 7. That's the that's the house they're in. Mm-hmm. Poll number two. The episode home of the X-Files. Yes. That is immediately where I went. <laughs> number three. <laughs> the Taylor Swift music video uh, <laughs> where it's like really cool and hot to be gay, and if you're anti-gay, you're an ugly hillbilly. Oh, right? Yes. The, um, that's the uh, the uh, uh, you need to calm down video or whatever. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. That's that is. Yep. Yeah. The the Bob Ogden goes to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house and <laughs> uh, and and is greeted by uh, the evil the evil racists. It is. It is ridiculous. I the funniest part of this to me is the very beginning of this, where um, I mean, like there, there, there's a moment here where I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be fun because there's the description of how Bob Ogden is like is in like his Muggle garb, which is like he's wearing a he's wearing a fancy coat over a, a one piece swimsuit, and like that's funny. Like, yeah, like, sure. Th- that's a, that's a great visual. Like, like I I like this. Um, I was expecting like, oh, right, maybe he'll interact with some muggles and like, it'll be fun to see like a normal wizard interacting with normal muggles. But no, he like goes to the, here's, okay, here's the vision I had of this thing. Mm-hmm. Morphin jumping down, the the image of Morphin jumping down out of a tree directly in front of him. <laughs> is well, hello like, there. It's... <laughs> Okay, no, never mind. I'm I'm supplanting. Yeah, you got it. That's way better than mine, which was it just felt like Bob Ogden like went to the forest temple and Skull Kid jumped in front of him or something. I think both are good. Cuz it cuz it's so anime. Like he just like the the scary the, the cool scary snake man holding a knife and a wand just like jumps down right in front of him and and starts talking at him in snake language. I'm just like, "Oh, this I, is I I a- hope I can do that in the AAA video game that I would have seen." <laughs> I I want to jump down from a tree with my like one-handed knife and just my very, wand. Just very cinematically jumping in front of Bob Ogden to threaten him. Um, so like that's already stupid. The fact that there's like a snake nailed to the door is super fucking funny. Like it's I mean it's grotesque, right? But it's just so over the top. It's like not. And I think that's a running theme throughout this whole chapter. Is all all of these attempts on J.K.'s part to like write horror are so funny because they are just so uh it's laying it on very thick is what i'll say 
this feels so I, I just like it's too it draws on too much imagery that is in other stuff and doesn't work here i don't exactly know what i mean but like when i'm just like this is that x-files episode it doesn't that doesn't like serve this story very well it doesn't like make me feel very serious and like oh voldemort must have had a tough tough time (laughs) right well it's it it is it is it is making a it's making a very cartoony appeal to like, and I guess the goal here is for Dumbledore to like humanize Voldemort to Harry for some reason. Um, who cares? Yeah, one who gives a shit. It doesn't serve Voldemort's character either for Harry or to me, uh, the audience who just wants to see the cool Snake Man get in a fight with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the the other thing is that like like you know the the things that it is drawing on uh are so um removed from that i like 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 the the resident evil family the texas chainsaw massacre family do not represent like oh they had a tough life and you should feel sorry for them right like they represent like societal evil right like um and so like that's it's a hard it's a hard adjustment to transfer that sort of more um figurative uh, uh imagery into a very literal story about bob ogden doing a house call in an episode of cops right mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that just doesn't work um and and it is very funny to me that in book six out of seven, uh, JK is finally getting into like, uh, and like, like we'll get into this more in more detail when we like get to the other characters in this scene or just broadly, but like the, I mean like Dumbledore more or less says it explicitly at the end is like, this, this is a like inbred family, Mm -hmm. which, which is like, you know, J.K. Rowling is is clearly very. She's very into family tree stuff. She's into like bloodline, like history stuff and whatnot. Which, like, like if you are into like, you know, tracing royal lineage, lineages and stuff, like that was a very common and big problem among noble families. Is is like they would marry internally, uh, and then you would get situations like you know the Habsburgs or or, or like other famous like like inbred families that just had a lot of health problems and stuff. And, and there's a lot of uh, a, a record of that. Um, and that is like interesting, you know, like that, that serves both as like a, like there's a, you know, there's the metaphorical angle where it's like, you know, this is the, you know, like the nature of power is incestuous and like, look, there's physical like uh, uh, ramifications for that, blah, blah, blah. But that's not really what J.K. Rowling's doing here. It's just that uh, now we have an evil purebud family, and so you need to see how fucked up they are. But like, there are lots of pureblood families in Harry Potter. Why? Like, is, is this a problem that the Weasleys ever had? Is this a problem that like the I, Weasleys like, are the good poor family? This right. is the bad poor family. It's really weird. It's it's like it's it, it is digging into some very. I mean, like for one, very unpleasant territory uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh extremely unpleasant territory for <laughs> harry potter um uh-huh. but also like like it, it is it is kind of uh 
digging into this territory when like it's not been a problem but like like no one no one in in any of the previous five books have been like you know those purebloods like they think they're so great but like like i don't know like i've i've seen you know there's some fucked up shit going on in that family like that's never come up there seem to be six families in the wizarding world there's the what's up there's the gaunts there's the lestranges i think there are literally seven right like literally seven pureblood families yeah like in the lore right (laughs) there's like a name for it yeah there's like Uh, the lestranges the blacks the gaunts the the... oh excuse me there are more and they're called the sacred 28 oh okay okay but so but so like we have we, we we we've we've been in and around the bloodline stuff for six books and and to just deploy the I mean like, we literally know like all of them yeah pretty much like a bunch that I mean it doesn't come up in a story right we have the Abbots the Averys the Bolstrodes the Caros uh the Flints I guess we know the Flints from Marcus Flint so I guess that might be the 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 one though because he's like described as looking like a troll or whatever oh, right yeah. The green grasses, long bottoms, yeah. It's just weird, because it's like, it is, one, like I said, it's unpleasant territory. um, Yes. uh, But it is also territory that has been, like, trodden by this series already, and almost explicitly going out of its way to, like, not not talk about that kind of thing. Because that's one of those things where it's like, this is a thing that is technically real, right? Like... Like again, like the Habsburg example, but you know, there, there's tons and tons throughout history the the the, the idea of these like uh, these incestuous noble families that like produced like you know medically challenged inbred children uh, and and like, mm-hmm. continue to do so to like maintain power, like which is interesting, but the story has like deliberately avoided dealing with that. And so for it to deploy it now just for a, like, cartoon showdown with evil snake people is weird, right? Like, it's just, it's 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 reaching for uh, uh, historical illusions that it has deliberately avoided so far because of it, on account of it being a children's book. And it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I just had a real, real time reading this going like, huh, I don't know about this one, you know? Yeah. I, it doesn't seem to make a point at all. I'm not saying that everything has to, like, make a point, but I'm just, it it is such a departure from anything I ever want to read in a Harry Potter novel. Right, I mean, like, it it is, um, not everything has to have a point, but I think if you are, if you are digging into history like this, you have, like, responsibility is the wrong word, because I, you know, I, I, I don't believe all fiction has a responsibility to do anything, but, like, I think if you are going to deploy this kind of thing in your story, it needs to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Game of Thrones, like, <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones uses this as, like, a central idea, right? Like, like, the the Lannister bloodline is is uh you know is is very it's extremely incestuous because like they, that is like their desperate ploy to like maintain power it's a it's a symbol for like how corrupt like the the the, the system is right like it's there for a reason yeah. um and and not just to provide uh uh resident evil zombies for the good guys <laughs> to see 
right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, and and like that's all that it's there. Like all, like this is this is on this is like the uh, uh, equivalent of like the rolled doll story about like ugly people are ugly on the inside because they're mean and nice people will look nice on the outside because they're nice. In- like it's, it's, it, that's, that is the extent to which this is being referenced. It has nothing to do with, it's not making any grander point. It's not, it's not a metaphor. It's not a, um, uh, a, a symbol or anything. It is just like the mean pure bloods had problems with this. Right? It's just, I don't know. It's it's pointless. Question. Yeah. Is this just fan service for wikis? Like, is that is that why this is here? Is it like <laughs> we have to know what Voldemort's parents are like? God, I mean, it's it's self it's self indulgent. I mean, like it is it, like like all the stuff in the last book with the Black Family Tree. Like, this is clearly J.K. Rowling's shit. Like, she loves reading about noble bloodlines, and like that's cool. Like, if if that's your your historical bag, like that's 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 an interesting topic. But like, it is self indulgent to the point of like affecting the story negatively here i think because it just doesn't it's not adding anything it's not bringing anything like why do we why do we need this scene of family horror for voldemort like i don't give a shit he's voldemort who cares yeah he's like he's he's like an evil snake man i don't know i don't need more than that (laughs) i don't need skeletor he was like a fetus that like that like emerged fully formed nude from a cauldron like i'm good i got it (laughs) i've got the picture yeah oh let's get it let's get into the details though shall we we've got um i want to i want to talk about harry's character for a second yeah they approach the house it looks out of place it is absurd to me absolutely bizarre that harry a 16 year old boy who is not a homeowner has the observation if i own this home i think i would cut the trees down for a view of the village <laughs> oh that's such powerful like jk Ro- like you know that jk rowling wrote this chapter while she was like house shopping right yeah like that, what the hell like that's Why? a that's 100 an observation that she would have had like while she was shopping for mansion number two around this time it was like mm, it's nice which is hilarious which is hilarious <laughs> considering she has like a fucking 20 foot hedge around her house <laughs> like can't see anything and and that's the observation that harry potter the 16 year old has like oh it would it would fit in a lot more if this had a view of of the valley below what <laughs> Really? <laughs> All Harry should give a shit about is like, damn, this looks like they don't got Xbox. Right. <laughs> How old? Oh, they didn't even have a TV. Lame. What are they going to do? Boring. <laughs> ah, snake nailed to the door. Oh, snake nailed to the That's door. That's going to attract ants. <laughs> Harry sees the snake nailed to the door and is like, oh, the HOA is going to flip when they see this. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not gonna like that one bit. So, so we have uh, Morphin, who is Skull Kid, with his eyes pointing different directions. Yes, that get, that detail gets brought up three times. Sure does. Um, I I cannot deal with 
the change in what parcel tongue is because it clearly is only in this family and yet Ogden is just like unaffected by this guy like screaming snake language at him. Yeah, he doesn't seem to care. Like he clearly knows what it is. Like, but he's not like, oh my god, the snake people are here. He's he's just kind of like, okay, I'll just let them hiss at each other, I suppose. Um we have Gaunt Senior, who uh is described as looking like a monkey, because he's mm. got long arms. Uh yep. what what with all the incest. Right. Um we've got uh Merope, who is plain <laughs> on account of the plain incest. and sad. Plain and sad. She's not like oh, I guess her eyes are pointing opposite directions, but it's very funny to me that like the extent of the, the the horror that 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 uh that her like resident evil description reaches he's like oh, she's plain her hair's kind of yeah. wan i suppose yeah yeah but she's not she's not a she's not a a, a zombie like these other two <laughs> there's i mean there are some snippets here that i like i i at least like sort of enjoyed i like i i i appreciated like a like sort of appreciated like a view into like what like the muggle equivalent of like a ruby ridge situate or the the wizard equivalent of like a ruby ridge scenario would be like they you know they're they're trying to live off the grid they hate muggles uh they don't use owls like like that that stuff was at least interesting like seeing like what the like weird hardline pureblood lifestyle is for these people um like that was at least semi-interesting but like this is so it is so funny that, like, I had to, I, I forgot, like, every page until it, like, you know, was said explicitly uh, to me that, like, oh, right, this is Harry. Harry is seeing all this. He's watching a movie. Yeah, I would have liked that a lot more if it wasn't a movie Harry was watching and maybe some characters that we were, like, actually meeting and interacting with. Right. Or cared about or could have any impact on the story or the plot or anything. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the deal with um, like is Morphin just like a snake charmer guy? What's this? His stupid poem he was reading to his snake. Oh like, my god! Yes. Can you read that it's for so, me? It's just so hissy, hissy little snaky slither on the floor. You be good to Morphin, or he'll nail nail you to the door. <laughs> that had the that you know a lot of these scenes like feel like you know. I mean, I understand that authors, like, write similar, like, themes and ideas into their stories, but I'm like, oh, this is just the the, the freaky orphanage, or not, yeah, the freaky, like, family slash orphanage from the Fantastic Beasts movies. Oh, yeah, no, it is, 100%. Because there's the little girl who sings the, um, the witch-catching song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not very affected by the creepy song maneuver, I have I love to say. This. Okay. We've been talking a little bit about like, like, oh, the, the, the super indulgent Harry Potter spinoff TV series that everyone's demanding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. New, so, so the, the, the snake, ca- the, the, like, um, the snake poem, uh, mm-hmm. uh, trailer for the Moody show opens with a series of like shots <laughs> of creepy houses uh-huh. Um, very bassy music starts playing. Sure. And then, uh, Lord or some other singer starts whispering hissy hissy little snakey 
slither on the floor as we like cut closer and closer to like a dark (laughs) wizard holding a snake and like a jump scare or something like that i love that yeah i've done it i've cracked the code this is how the the moody show gets gets announced is a dramatic cover of morphin's little snake poem (laughs) a hundred a hundred people can take to take to the subreddit to talk about how this is this is harry potter but but darker and for adults finally adult dark harry potter (laughs) um I guess, like, let's talk about, like, the main thing that this chapter is trying to get across to us. Please tell me. <laughs> we gotta talk what about Merope. What I, about her? She, she's Voldemort's mom. She's Voldemort's what? mom. What? She had a... Look, she's very plain. She was, she's very plain. She's very sad. She's she's a squib, maybe, yep. except not really, because she learned to do magic as soon as she got out of the family. Uh, there's, uh, she likes Tom Riddle. Oh, Tom Riddle and, and someone had a very loud conversation, which I didn't quite understand because the way I understood the setting to work is that, uh, that like this house was like secluded and on a path, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did Tom Riddle and someone like ride by the house having this loud conversation? Like, did they like walk up to it just to have this loud conversation next to the window and then walk away because the way that that scene is like framed it feels like they're on a street and they heard people talking outside maybe if they cut down those hedges they could hear the conversation of the passers-by <laughs> a little better i just i i had a real moment where i was like wait how does this work because like they hear them walking okay also they're going by on horseback which when is this set because they would have if they're fancy they're fancy british rich people they would have a car at this point like this would be set in like the 20s or whatever or like because like he uh the ogden is wearing when they say like a one-piece swimsuit i'm picturing the like the like red and white stripy thing right yeah like a like a turn of the century bathing suit so like this this whole thing is so surreal we we have we have old-timey bathing suit man we have uh, uh, people running by on horseback. We have um, a, the snake nailed to the door, wiggling around. Like <sighs> this is set in the um, the flashbacks um, from from Buffy the Vampire Slayer of <laughs> um, of when Angel was a human. <laughs> Wait, oh, I just had a dark realization. Hmm. Is are we going to see? Because we know that that the Magic Awakened, the 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 AAA game is set in the mm. late eighteen hundreds. Are we going to see this? Are we going to like? Is 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 Merope? Is Morphin going to be a boss? Is he going to like have a like a dash attack with his knife? It sounds way cooler than this chapter. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. I suppose. Are we going to have to go to the Resident Evil Gaunt House? Yeah. Why the hell not? Oh my god! So yeah, I, I I guess I said that like Marope was like the point of this chapter, but also I I don't actually believe that. I think I I think it's trying to be the point of this chapter, but I truly don't understand like like at the end of the day, what is this chapter for? 
like make make us feel sad for Voldemort's mom. <laughs> I mean, even Harry's like, why? What's, yeah, what's this for? You should never. Okay, may, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I feel like if you have a character in your own story say, "What was the point of that?" Like, <laughs> like, you, like you should maybe maybe step back a little and consider yourself. What is the point of that? Because I don't. What is the point of that? Yeah, my reaction to this is like the the Krusty the Clown, like what the hell was that thing? Like I don't, I don't know what the uh, uh, like the information that we gleaned from this is uh, that the that if you're a bad racist pureblood, you'll you'll have uh, inbreeding problems. Mm-hmm. If um, if Voldemort's mom hadn't been sad she wouldn't have made voldemort question mark i like i don't know like what 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 are the stakes here what is dumbledore trying the the, the thing that kills me is i'm pretty sure that the point of this is that harry has to like learn about love because that's the way to defeat voldemort or whatever or like learn about love and sacrifice but shouldn't that be something that is inherent to him, not something that he needs to be taught in a movie? Like, what? Like, what is Harry's takeaway from this? Like, like rip to Voldemort, but I'm different. I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what the what what he's learning here. Yeah, I like 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 the humanizing Merope angle doesn't really work because she's not really a character. She's not a character, and she wasn't ever like not. We're not like, oh, it's her. It's her fault that Voldemort right. sucks. I don't care. Well, no, I don't care. We sort of do. We sort of is. are told told that. Because I mean, yeah, I guess that is what we're told in in this, right? Is that like, oh, he never had a chance because she used a love potion. He was conceived under un, under false pretenses or whatever. I don't think that's explicit in the books. I think that that's something that she said in an interview. Yeah, though. that's something she said later on. Um, which wow that sucks yeah that's a that's a whole other can of worms we should we should find that quote sometime and and like and like find that interview and kind of like dig into what it actually uh says but yeah not not great um it like bob ogden's not a character we care about or see again um harry doesn't like this doesn't leave any impression on harry it's just like there's nothing in this chapter that like like the conversation that Harry and Dumbledore have at the very end where Dumbledore's like, oh, uh, Voldemort's mom had a sad life in, in this family and then uh, 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 used a love potion to try and escape and, and have a child, but then felt guilty and and uh, thought that maybe maybe her husband would love her for real when, when the effect wore off because they spent so much time together. But it turns out she was wrong. Like, that's a story. Right. Like, like that story is honestly more interesting on paper than anything that happened in the movie they watched together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's like tragic and, and, and sad. And, and like, like there's a there's a story there of someone making a huge fuck up and and, uh, uh, you know, having to pay the price or whatever. But like, that's the main takeaway I have nothing. I don't give a shit about the gaunts. Like, is this whole thing really just to, like, show off the ring? And the and the locket, like like is is it is is it like a like a like a hidden object game that Dumbledore is playing with Harry here? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean this this book is going to tell. I mean the conclusion of all of this is Harry learning that he has to play his own hidden object game <laughs> to find all the Horcruxes, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 baffling. Like I said, the fact that Harry at the end is just like, "What was the point of all that?" is really funny to me because I I too have a real hard time understanding what the fuck the point of any of this was other than one J.K. Rowling indulging in her like uh, love of of uh, of bloodline drama and two I guess to show Harry that he's gonna have to get some uh, magical objects from people yeah it's so boring it's really boring very very boring very weird just like unpleasant and like not unpleasant in a like in like ooh, i'm having a good time reading this dark story or whatever it's just like this is this is grimy i don't like it yeah it's really unpleasant in a and also doesn't matter so it's and you're not invested in the story of what's happening at least i wasn't so it's just like it doesn't matter, yeah. and like okay. the, it, it is. I mean, like this is a constant problem with with J.K. Rowling stuff. But like her, J.K. Rowling really loves to write about like truly horrific things, especially mm-hmm. violence, yeah. and like n- never. She's never really made it very effective, which makes me <laughs> feel which makes <laughs> me feel bad because I'm like I end up being someone who's like laughing at like objectively terrible, horrible things. But, like, I mean, like, the baby murders in Crimes of Grindelwald, right? <laughs> like, like, pretty horrible, like, in a literal sense that there's a whole scene in that movie of a, of a woman closing the door and, like, shooting a baby in the face with a magic gun. <laughs> but it's so stupid. Like, I can't help but laugh at it. Again, it's similar to, like, the, 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 when we get to the second baby murder and that where, like, What's-Her-Face just threw a baby overboard. Like, again, horrible, <laughs> but very, very funny the way it's presented. I kind I, of... I mean, I really think the problem is that literally whenever something like that happens, it is for no other reason than to point at and say, like, hey, this is pretty fucked up. Yeah. That like, doesn't work on me. I'm sorry. It just, it just will never work and, on and me. And I had the same thing in this chapter with... One with um, Morphin's cool knife and, like, <laughs> stabbing snakes to the door. Like, uh-huh. just fucking stupid. Just lame. Just just the most. And then singing a little song about singing it. Singing a little cool. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be messed wouldn't up? Wouldn't that be fucked up if some guy, like, killed a snake <laughs> and then sang a song to another snake? But then also all the bits with them, like... Uh, I think for me specifically, like the, the the verbal abuse is a little more on point and like uncomfortable yeah. in like a genuine way. But the uh-huh. part the part where like Gaunt like leaps over the table to like Homer Simpson strangle Marope <laughs> is not a fact. Like, like again, I I realize that I am I am talking about a, like a father choking his daughter. Like not not funny, but the way it's presented is so like just like over the top and and morose and like it's trying way too hard and it's just very funny to me to read uh especially because he was already described as like having monkey arms so it just i just kind of have like this vision of donkey kong jumping over a table to attack (laughs) someone like it's just the imagery is so bad it doesn't work it's not scary it's not effective it's just silly I think the part where, where he's doing that and then, like, both Ogden and Harry are like, no! <laughs> Harry, you're watching a movie. 
Oh god, yeah, it's like it's like Dumbledore is just like showing Harry World Star videos at this point. Like 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 he's just like he's like, hey Harry, come to my office. Where I've got some good videos of guys getting knocked the fuck out. Like it's it's I. The the whole setup here is ridiculous. like can you imagine what this scene looks like if you were like McGonagall walking into the office not knowing that like <laughs> Dumbledore and Harry were like in there having a private meeting and you just like see these two guys like with their heads in this basin watching like fight videos it is so <laughs> it's so funny to me <sighs> this book is so stupid. I hope there's a point to this. I hope that there is. I mean, like, I don't think it's going to it doesn't make it good, but I want some sort of attempt to explain why I had to read this. I don't think we're going to get it because if the one of the only other things I remember about this book is that we have to do this like two more times with like one with Voldemort at the orphanage and two. Isn't there like basically the exact same scene, only it's like uh, Rowena Ravenclaw getting beat up or something yeah beat up by the bloody baron yeah something cool can't wait wahoo (laughs) that's gonna be fun (sighs) yeah it is it is just i feel like there's just a certain threshold you cross when writing stuff that's like deeply unpleasant where like if you don't nail it it just becomes like comedy to me and like that's You know, it's it's. I think not... showing it in a flashback is not helpful. Yeah. To that, no, it, there's no stakes. It's just like it's just drama for the sake of shock, uh, and it's and it just doesn't work on me. I don't think. Uh, I'm just not shocked either. Is yeah, the thing? Like, yeah. It just doesn't. I don't know. No. It's so bad. I agree. I don't care. I don't care about Voldemort's mom. Yeah, I, I it don't... also just doesn't. I, I, I'm so confused, and I'm very interested in to see see like what what the point of this is when we also find out later that Voldemort is just like a Shane Dawson style psychopath. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like so. What? What? Like what? What does that have to do? Like I like. Okay, he's sad about his mom, but also you know torturous people for fun so he's he, he had a hard okay. life sad about his mom but also has the exact same ideology as the guy who choked his mom out all the time so wow maybe that's the point maybe it's it's irony it's like oh isn't that ironic oh great what's the i don't care he's a snake man he's bad i get it he's the bad guy we gotta stop the bad guy from doing crimes i get it he's trying to do so many crimes he's trying to do so we many have cr- to stop he's him. doing more crimes than grindelwald can you believe can you believe it? I can't it? believe. Anything else on this chapter or should we take a break? Let me let me look. I feel like I could talk about this Oh yeah. forever, oh, but yeah. also there's just not not a lot to say. It's very boring. It's not good. I do I do like um that that even though we got to watch all of that, Dumbledore had to exposit stuff at Harry anyway, and Harry has that moment where he's like, Marvolo? I know that name. <laughs> yeah. Voldemort? The, the, yeah, Harry. All of the stuff Dumbledore says at the end is more important than anything that happens in that actual memory. Like, 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 like with these, we get an actual sense of, I guess, at least, like, Voldemort's conception and Merope's character from, from, like, that, that paragraph that Dumbledore says and anything that we see in the, in the memory. Honestly, this whole thing... If we had to be told this, 
it should have just been a conversation between Harry and Dumbledore. It yeah. still would have sucked. But at least it's two characters we know talking about something. Right, exactly. And it would have been talking about something subjective. Yeah. Also, I do love all the parts where Dumbledore keeps on having to reiterate. Like, again, this is guesswork. I'm just guessing here. Parody. Parody. Not sure. Not sure uh, 100% about this, but I think Merope used a love potion. Parody. Like, he's just... Yeah, we did just get done watching the subjective memory, but there's just no way to know what exactly happened here. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I... Pen- the pensive is the worst thing in Harry Potter, like by far. I w- when we started this show, uh, I said I thought that the time turner was where the logic of the universe broke. How wrong I was! Completely, utterly wrong. The time turner is good. Azkaban is the best novel. This is the, the pensive is just awful, just irredeemably I, I stupid. Think, I think the luck potion is going to be another contender. We're going to get yeah, to that's true. The two heavyweights of of breaking the universe um, in this book. Wow, for two, sure. two, two, two two extreme focuses of this book duking over uh duking it out over which is the worst addition to the universe in this series excellent very exciting all right well i think we should probably take a break this this i like you say i could i could bitch about this chapter for ever probably but we've been do you think it's worse what do you think it's the worst chapter we've read so far oh by a million fucking miles i think that the only other contender would be like because like there are some bad chapters in this series right like there's the norbert chapter but like that's bad in like almost like a funny way right like it's just it's just nonsense um i think the only other contender is like uh the either the chapter post hagrid's tale with like all the grop stuff oh yeah that one's pretty bad. bad or um uh fuck what what is it the um the other pensive one in gobbled of fire which was worse than this where where we just had to sit through two trials like like with no interaction with any characters just like here's here's two objective memories of trials of characters that one's pretty bad too but it's also the pensive so right like two out of three of the worst chapters in this series are pensive related so far so not great yeah yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with a little bit of Christmas cheer to kind of wash wash the taste of this, this pensive chapter away. What do you say? Sounds good. everyone and welcome back uh we are in the midst of the christmas season uh last week our initial plan was that we were going to go through that uh that wonderful wizarding world christmas album a few songs at a time over the month but we we couldn't help ourselves we opened that whole advent calendar uh yeah how are you how are you feeling has any of that been stuck in your head since no, I'm on like week three <laughs> of closing time. Closing time. I need I need to listen to something else that I know will get stuck in my head 
and just and just switch it up. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. like like that Panic at the Disco song that I get stuck in my head um, about, which, clo- which panic about the closing song? the goddamn door. I get that part oh, stuck yep. in my okay. head on a loop yep. for weeks and weeks. Um, maybe This Is War. That's a good one. That's a good um, one. Something like that. I've had um, Cran- the Cranberries Dreams stuck in my head hmm. this week. I feel like that's a pretty good song. Sure. Um, uh, I think... I have this problem where like I um especially especially when I'm like working and drawing and stuff I just I listen to like a lot of classical music mm-hmm. and the stuff I often get stuck in my head is like I will just I will just get like one measure of a famous Mozart thing stuck in my head which like is this weird combo for me of like I feel like such a like like a fucking pretentious snob for that like 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 oh i can't believe i have like oh the brandenburg concerto stuck in my head but also it like is very comical to me because it just it just makes my head feel empty like like you just like you just you remember in like old cartoons where they'd like zoom in on someone's head and it would be like like a i don't know like a like a cow dancing to a like like a jig you know yeah like like that's me but it's like it's like some very it's it's, you you look in there and it's just like a cartoon dog dancing to dancing to a mozart thing like like that's all that's in there sometimes i um you kind of screwed me all up because i have been listening i had been listening to like a classical playlist and just like a basic one uh, Mm -hmm. at work when i'm not listening to the undertale piano soundtrack (laughs) just as Mm -hmm. something with no lyrics and um and you pointed out to me um that that one um the prelude that's in the halo trailer like halo 5 or whatever (laughs) yes the chopin the the nocturne and every (laughs) Yes, the Nocturne, every single time it comes on, my brain feels empty because all I think about is those <laughs> stupid little, little Master Chiefs. The little, the little, okay, that, I, that commercial is so fucking funny. There, there is like a cult online of people who are still talking about how that is the most emotional a piece of media has ever made them. It's like a, a fucking commercial with like an old veteran looking at a museum diorama of like Master Chief fighting a bunch of elites. Yeah. Uh, it is, that is one of like, look, I fucking love Halo. Halo rocks. <laughs> um, that commercial is like one of the funniest pieces of just like, <laughs> culture detritus just fucking garbage just absolutely amoral trash this like Uh yeah like series of ads for halo 3 odst (laughs) that like play on one play on like uh uh the like inherent american like hallowed troop respect right like you gotta respect Mm. the veterans yes you gotta poor old veteran uh, looking at the this thing number two uh our our like horrible uh uh uh, uh cultural appreciation for band of brothers which is <laughs> so fucking boring band of brothers sucks ass not even a not even a good world war ii show there are so many other better world war ii movies and shows and things out there love yourself watch something besides band of motherfucking brothers and saving private ryan they suck ass and then also just like 
the weird like on top of that like already stupid <laughs> you have the uh audacity to put like a famous chopin piece over that which like already before that um commercial had come out that was like a prime amv song oh right? like, god yes that is that is like like along with like moonlight sonata <laughs> and like uh prelude to the new world like like just the most famous pieces of classical music yeah, online I mean, to that's, put that's one of the most fucked up parts about it it's like i listened to that it's already a that song is already a joke right like I yeah. can't, <laughs> it, it's, it's already hard enough to hear it without being like Oh, I'm I'm imagining this over like a fucking Chobit's AMV, right? <laughs> I'm imagining I'm imagining the the uh, elfin lead girl seeing her dog mm. get killed. Oh, like, yep. <laughs> and to like put so like to to like introduce <laughs> overplaying Nocturne to Halo fans, like the millions and millions of Halo fans learning what classical music and again look i'm not saying it's bad to learn about classical music through pop culture that's how i got into it but like just it is so many layers of like stupid internet bullshit (laughs) in one commercial oh the worst just absolute trash like just irredeemable utterly trash utter Uh, garbage mm, yep and now i hear it and every time i'm like damn (laughs) You gotta, Damn. you gotta respect the troops, and you gotta respect Master Chief. Your Master Chief is the ultimate troop. Uh, who, if I remember right, in that diorama commercial, doesn't he like? It doesn't like the model move at the very end. Like it's like it like looks like he's about to get killed by the other model, and then he like activates like a plasma grenade and like looks at the camera or something. Like it's just, just gutter garbage. Which Absolute- which Halo? Which Halo was that for? What, what's the trailer? I want to. I this segment's canceled. Um, we are now reading the YouTube comments on the Halo Three ODST trailer. Yeah, let's. Wait, how do I uh, find the right? Uh, one? hold on. Oh my god, I've there's got, so many. Uh, oh, maybe it wasn't ODST. Hold ODST. On. Halo. Halo Three. Halo Diorama tra- trailer. <laughs> we are mixing up two of them. The Doorstopper Five Eight Six Seven. 12 years ago, the music is amazing. Yes. (laughs) I get chills every time I watch this. I just wish Halo 3 was as good as the other two parentheses story mode. What? Halo 3 is way... Halo 3's campaign rocks. There's one bad level. That guy's crazy. Anyone know the song name? I love the song. I'm going to play it every (laughs) time I play Halo 3, but only if someone has a name. Oh, only if they have a name. Sickness. This diorama and the commercial itself is so freaking awesome that it sends good chills down my spine and gives me goosebumps. I. This still gives me the chills. I, I think I'm going to cry, it. winky smiley face. The thing that rocks about this is it's for Halo. Like, <laughs> like, like here, like the Gears of War commercial with the Mad World song in it was already funny, but them going the extra step and like making this very melodramatic and like like poignant feeling ad 12 years ago this commercial is amazing i was on the computer when i heard the music which made me turn my head and watch rarely a commercial makes me sit and watch but this one caught my attention and latched onto it absolutely incredible wait no oh i was right i was right here here you go this was all part of one campaign i forgot about this about the battle this opens with the old guy 
We'd been fighting for a while. On the this seventh is pretty deep day, for a we video ran game. Out of Not ammo. complaining. They're totally badass. Just super deep. <laughs> we had to scavenge all we could from the weapons. This is fucking insane. Behind. Would be like, badass this is... if this was an actual museum. <laughs> Fake pistols. history, but realistic <laughs> art. Rounds, I want to go to the Halo Museum. That really makes grenades. you think. Do you remember where you this, were? This, like, fake... When Master Chief armed his grenade, I was in the back of an overturned warthog firing an m Oh my god, I forgot what the dialogue was for How this. How did you manage to keep it together? We knew Master Chief was still in the fight. He gave us <laughs> I hope. was in the warthog. This is insane. <laughs> this is crazy. I... Oh, Jesus Christ. You, Some you real get deep stuff. Private tour of the John 117 Memorial. Halo, modern Halos need more grit instead of bright colors and shiny armor. Shut the fuck up. Halo. <laughs> like, again, the fact that these were for Halo, they made these, like, very, like, like you know, based on real documentary footage style, like, like, interviews with soldiers and stuff, but for fucking Halo. Like, Halo is the series where... Like, you get in the Warthog and, like, do ten flips on your way to the objective because the AI doesn't know how to drive. Like, I, just, I, I, I cannot square these two things together. You jump six feet. I remember thinking these ads were so boring when they first were first coming out. Now, I feel as if I'm a fellow veteran of that war. The fight oh, continues. No. But oh, not my, for me. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Just absolute gold. I wish I could say Halo could be like this again, but maybe it isn't meant to be. Let's just remember the good old days of Halo for what they were. Truly, it was a time to be savored. Never forget it. <laughs> this ad campaign ruined music for me. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you, it's... Master Chief. Thank you, Master Chief. I guess this, the, the, these, these are really old now, but just like, this is such a just one of the just the pinnacle of just garbage shit out of the ass of the internet <laughs> like just terrible that was really fun i feel refreshed by that you feel refreshed it's well that's good that was a good palate cleanser after after that horrible chapter we read and now it's time to to dig into the muck ourselves with some some christmas cheer wonderful um so i was searching because I, I was like my, my original pitch for for like the third segment this week was i found a couple articles on on MuggleNet about christmas and i was like oh i should find some editorials about christmas on leaky cauldron and we could like do like a a a, a face-off like, sure like leaky cauldron versus versus uh, MuggleNet. who has the funnier christmas articles however here's the problem i think that leaky de facto won because the first Christmas article I could find on there uh, was a uh, nearly 20,000 word two-part essay hmm. on the uh, function of Christmas carols in the Society of Harry Potter. Jeez. So I think we might have to just save that for next week and read that on its own. because um, yeah. it Because it seems incredible. However... All was not lost for this week because I, uh, while searching for Christmas headlines, I did find out uh, something beautiful, which was that uh, uh, Eddie Redmayne set to read Christmas Story on BBC. Hmm. He's going to he he was he was uh, he was 
called in to re- I guess this is a tradition for CBBS, which is like the um, BBC Children's Show or Network uh, thing. And they do, I guess, like a Christmas Day thing where they get like a famous actor to to read a, a picture book to the to well, the audience. That's nice. It's very cute. And uh, and and one of them was Eddie Redmayne promoting the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Hmm. So I'm going to see how long we can stomach this because I tried watching about ten seconds of it and nearly died. Sure. Um. So uh. I've linked the video, we're going to do a countdown, and we're just going to let it rip. Great. We're going to go in three, two, one. CBB's Bedtime Story. Hey there, I'm Eddie, and I love animals. Now, tonight's bedtime story so he is, is a little girl who wants a really big pet. He is reading. He is holding a large stuffed animal here. Yes, now, much bigger than a tiger. Yeah, that's more like it. Hi, Greg. So the story is called "If I Had a Dinosaur," and it's written by Gabby. I Dorney, think it's nice. I like his sweater. By Alex Barrow. It's. It is a very nice sweater, actually. I the emoji like in the background is honestly freaking me out the most. A fish is far too wet. Because you see, I really want a different sort of pet. I thought about a hamster, I thought about a mouse, but I want a pet much bigger, more the size of, well, a house. He's really whispering really this to us. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm being lulled into like an Eddie Redmayne storytelling ASMR <laughs> kind of vibe here. Oh, I bet he'd be really good at ASMR, actually. Like how to roll and he's how doing to he's doing the voice for sure. Yeah. If I had a dinosaur, I'd walk him in the park. I he's really popping his peas. He's got the K sound pop. down. I'm kind of having a so realization. A dinosaur, I yeah. don't watch a whole lot of media featuring Eddie Redmayne oh, other right. than Fantastic Beasts. He, but he just is Newt. Like My this is just would oh, not acting. The I did not realize that. Declare, Why? What Which is weird. <laughs> like dinosaurs need water. Eddie Redmayne has made like some, I will say, capital C choices in his acting career. But Newt is just him, more or less. I'd feed him lots of greens. Like Does he always play that character and everything he's in? Beans. N- no. Dinosaurs um, make smashing I do not films. A lot of the time he does. I mean, he dogs or cats. He like just he got into some hot water. He played. If I had a dinosaur. Oh God! What, it wasn't Carol. Carol's the other movie. So Around the same time, though, he like a little nap. played a trans Our woman, is and that enormous. wasn't oh, so good. Oh, in what? Yeah, what was that? Eddie Redmayne. I wish I had a dinosaur to cuddle up at night, to read a bedtime oh, story with. I'm looking at pictures of Eddie Redmayne trying to find his headline while he's whispering about dinosaurs yes, to me right now. dinosaurs make awesome yeah. pets. I'm sure you will agree that of all the pets, they are the best. Movies. One, and you'll see. He was the Danish wow. girl. Can you imagine having a dinosaur? Mm. Uh, oh, that yeah, was I a, remember that. that. Was a, yeah, that was a big thing. Pillow, uh, he's, it's, anyway, I will I say, you enjoyed that story. Uh, it's mostly because the movie itself is very funny. But um, He's now Jupiter Ascending, he is dreams. in. And that, he is going, he's going all out in that one. I'll have to check and that I... out. Yeah, so that kind of, that kind of just washed over me. But that was a very cute, a little, a little cute Christmas story. 
from Benedict Cumberbatch that we very rudely talked over when we remembered that he was in The Danish Girl. (laughs) I do not know why you just called him Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, did I just spoil my next surprise? I I was wondering if you did. Yeah, because look what I found. So he did not do this... uh, Oh, well, isn't he looking like an evil gentleman? But this evil gentleman did read A Visit from Satan Nicholas. That's wonderful. This video is uh, terrible in the, the audio. <laughs> Remember the impression of uh, of Warwick Davis I was doing earlier mm-hmm. uh, would fit here as well. Sure. But I, I just, I feel like if we were going to listen to Eddie Redmayne tell a story, we should probably listen to Benedict. Absolutely. Um, I got go. so excited, I did not wait for you. I just started up the oh, video. Oh, you're just going? I'm yeah, 30, go for I'm it. 30 seconds in. I couldn't wait. Yeah. I can't understand a word he's saying. Yeah, he's... I like that there's just like a like a deacon behind him very seriously reading. It's like, oh, the Bible. yes. Bible back there. <laughs> yeah, he w- Benedict wasn't actually invited to do this. He just walked into a church and just started reading. Sir, they, please they leave. called people up for communion and he just ran ran up and <laughs> started presenting. Did I have I ever told the story on this podcast about when I uh Oh, sorry, I just got distracted because Benedict Cumberbatch said breast. Um yeah. What should his wandering, wandering ears hear? Um, uh, when I got my citizenship uh, certificate in in the U.S., um, I had to go to this like ceremony where they like showed us a video. They showed us a fucking music video for "Proud to Be an American," and then we got a Skype call. Should have showed the Halo trailer. What? <laughs> um, and we we got a Skype call from President Obama saying, "Congratulations to all new citizens." Um, sure. But then before that, we were just like all sitting in this room and a guy stood up unannounced and said that, oh, hey, uh, you might recognize me from TV. I am so and so from Grimm. Uh, and I just want to say, you know, I'm so proud of main guys from Grimm. I don't know. Because so who there's someone on Grimm who is apparently Canadian and then got U.S. citizenship. Sure. Um, because he was like, uh, you might recognize him from Grimm, and there was just like total silence. No one knew what the fuck he was talking about. And he's like, well, I'm just so proud of everyone for going through with this and and becoming an American citizen, and I can't wait to join all of you on the other side as a citizen myself. And it was just so awkward because like no one knew who he was, no one cared, no one said anything, and this was just like entirely impromptu. He just just walked in like Benedict Cumberbatch reading this story. It's that kind of energy that gets you a spot on a show like Grimm. It's just like totally. willing to stand up and just make an impromptu speech. To That's just how like, you become an actor, actually. Yeah, to just like be a forty-year-old theater kid, like yeah. in in the in the immigration center. Yeah, it was uh, it was a wild experience. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not hearing any of the words that he's saying, but I am just kind of soaking it in. Yeah, this is this is like ASMR. Benedict Cumberbatch is in the next room over to me. Like, <laughs> just like 
going to bed, like, putting this on, just being soothed, like, ah, Benedict's in the other room reading a Christmas story, all is well. I think that the two um, indeterminate religious figures behind him are both just sound asleep. Look at <laughs> the guy that. on the left is so bored looking. Like, <laughs> you think this is their jam. If they can't get excited for Christmas stuff, like, I think they should get invested in another religion. Oh, he's done. That was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Benedict. Um, yeah, I, I was I was hoping that he would have a CBB's one, but he did not. Uh, he was but, too busy uh, recording Sherlock. Oh, that's, yeah. He was too busy being Smaug. He was too busy, like, pretending to be a dragon in a cool suit. Yeah. Um, so that was my, like, those were my video finds for Christmas content. But that's not all. I think... It is a good idea for us to visit the same poem that Mr. Cumberbatch was reading. Sure. But perhaps a little Voldemort themed? Oh. This is called The Night Before Christmas, A Visit from Lord Voldemort. Oh, no. A visit from an evil evil gentleman. He's an evil gentleman. Yeah, he's not a gentleman. He's a snake man. You're right. He's a gentleman in uh, when he's in that suit in the. There you go. It's just like, I don't know. Him... Is it is it Voldemort in a suit or is it Voldemort in Harry's hoodie? <laughs> Maybe it's a hoodie because it's cold. So it's mm-hmm. Christmas, right? Yeah, it's snowy outside. He's he's wearing the hoodie. Um, but uh, this is this combines two of our favorite things: uh, Christmas content and song parodies. Yes. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through number 12, not a creature was stirring, mm. not a single house elf. <laughs> I like how you tried to make it rhyme. Yeah, I, really ho- en- I really enjoyed that, that inflection elf. there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Protego charms were set with care in hopes that the Dark Lord would not appear there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> The order was nestled all snug in their beds while visions of snatchers fought in their heads. I love that this is like scary Christmas. Scary I love that this Christmas. is like we hope we don't get murdered on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and Molly in her green robes and Arthur with his ducks had just settled down. The kids quickly tucked. Hmm. <laughs> when out in the street there arose such a dark mist, Harry sprang from the bed to see what was amiss. Oh, um, not the mist. Oh, no. Away to the window, like the bolt on his head, mm-hmm. tore open the shutters and quickly felt dread. Yeah. The full moon in the sky, bright with sickly glow, gave an eerie shadow to the objects below. When what w- should appear to Harry's worried peepers but a dark mark in the sky and eight horrid Death Eaters. Oh, this is, no. This is the story of George Washington crossing the Delaware to kill the British soldiers on Christmas Eve in their sleep, but it's Voldemort. <laughs> With a feeling of darkness, like poison without... Oh, hold on. I Hold on. I need to, t- I need to take a running leap at yeah, this one. Yeah, take, take another run at that one. With a feeling of darkness, like poison without bezoars... Mm-hmm. And that's not how you pronounce that, but this is, this is necessary to make this next line make sense. He knew in a moment they must be Dementors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all, that's all that mist. <laughs> yeah, he saw them and he's like, uh-oh. They're fucking, they're fucking out there. More rapid than werewolves, his followers they came. 
Nice. And they hooted and hollered and called out their names. <laughs> Here's Bellatrix. Here's Crab. Here's Draco and Lucius. Come Wormtail. Come Yaxley. Come Great Back and Severus. Oh no, Snape's there? They didn't invite Jugson. They didn't invite Jugson. Snape there, though. Yeah, Let's go. Good. The Aurors must be stalled. Let's get this Potter once and for all. Hmm. As quickly as Harry pulled out his wand, they disapparated out of vision, completely gone. When they popped into view, even closer they drew, not only the Death Eaters, but Voldemort, too. And then in suspense, Harry heard in the hall the slither and hissing of the Dark Lord's thrall. As he peeked out the door and Nagini stood still, out of the chimney, Voldemort came, giving Harry chills. <laughs> Voldemort flying through the chimney is such a good image. He'd do he was, it. Oh, wait. Mm, here's a here's a line for you. Maybe yep. we'll maybe we'll find out what what uh what he's wearing here. He was dressed in all black from his cloak to his toes what? and his features also <laughs> visible minus his nose. So he's wearing a cloak and like black toe socks. Oh yeah, I guess I was about to say he's barefoot, but no, if he's if he's dressed in all black from cloak to his toes, yeah, he's wearing he's wearing those like horrible, uh, uh, like sh like feet toe shoes, mm -hmm. the rubber ones. He's wearing those, and his features also visible minus his nose, a U wand he had gripped in his cold blooded mitt, and he looked like a snake with venomous spit. His hair non-existent, his eyes bright vermilion. <laughs> His hands were like spiders. His nose was reptilian. Uh, his thin little mouth was smirking with a boast, and the skin on his face was white as a ghost. The flash of a wand Harry saw in his hand, and the spark came straight toward him, just as Voldemort planned. All of a sudden came the house elf named Dobby. Oh, who hell was, yeah. Who was tiny but brave, with eyes the color of wasabi. Yes. <laughs> he was That's three right. feet he was three feet tall, a kind and righteous old elf, and mm -hmm. Harry gasped with surprise in spite of himself. A wink of his eye and a snap of his finger, Harry grabbed Dobby's hand and heard a loud crack linger. He spoke not a word, but Harry did know that Dobby had saved him from a deathly throw, and smiling a bit a grin as big as his heart, he said from Dobby's life, Harry Potter will never part. He sprang to his feet to give Harry a nod and a nudge, and away he disapparated, gone faster than a batch of treacle fudge. But then Harry awoke, realizing it was all a dream. I'm so glad this Christmas wasn't all that it seemed. Wow. I didn't realize that Dobby was going to be the hero of the story. Me either. I only had I had only read like the first couple of uh, uh, paragraphs here. I was not ready for Dobby with his eyes the color of wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. I loved that. Yeah, that was wow. That was beautiful. I feel like I, it got off to a little bit, bit of a rocky start, but I feel like it really hit its stride absolutely yeah i mean like you know once dobby shows up something's gone right you know that's true that's so true all right i have one last thing here from MuggleNet in our, mm -hmm. in our little christmas grab bag here our, our our uh our stocking if you will we're just reaching into the big christmas stocking pulling pulling out little treats here mm -hmm. 
wizarding Christmas gifts that all muggles would appreciate. Harry just gets like a sweater for Christmas. <laughs> we're we're gonna yeah. Yep. Yeah. The worlds are the same. But but let's let's entertain Muggle mm, here. Okay. Okay. Number one is Weasley's Wizard Wheezes products. I love products. I love to throw up. I love to throw up and get a nosebleed and pass out. <laughs> it's my favorite. I love body armor. Uh, this is a one-stop shop guaranteed to satisfy the curiosity of any muggle, particularly if said muggle has a pranking streak. From Peruvian instant darkness powder to fake a blackout or a sampling of puking pastilles or nosebleed nougat to get out of something. Yeah, I, I love, like you said, I just love vomiting and and bleeding and all, all, all good but stuff. But like, s- that sticking point of those being to like get out of doing things is so bizarre. <laughs> it like it, only literally only works if you're in a boarding school right <laughs> just like oh i can't wait to start vomiting at work to get out it's like no you still have to like do that work it doesn't disappear that would that would suck that would just make it things also worse. doesn't make sense in a world where you just have a spell that like cures you of any illness immediately <laughs> yeah yeah how do you how do you uh do uh, yeah Okay, I can't keep talking about this. Just make sure your purchases are muggle-friendly and won't upset the delicate balance that is the International Statute of Secrecy. Don't Number they two, all do that? Yeah, they They're all magic. Do, yeah, they, there's not, nothing here is not going to break the Statute of Secrecy if we're being, if we're being lore-minded here. Um, Number two is the Pygmy Puff. Many of the creatures in the Wizarding World are too adorable for words. A Pygmy Puff is a sure winner for a muggle wanting a magical pet. They're harmless and come in various shades of pink and purple. Available for sale at Weasley's Wizard Weasley. Okay, so this is also a, a, a Weasley product. So, MuggleNet, come on. Padding this out a little bit here, maybe. I'm imagining like a um, well-meaning but very like very misguided Harry Potter fan trying to like throw a like Harry Potter themed party and like passing out Ipecac as <laughs> as, as like a wizard a, a wizard wheeze being like it's a it's a magical potion and then getting arrested for <laughs> poisoning their guests while the cops are there they hear crying a woman crying in the bathroom but it turns out it's just the uh the moaning myrtle tape they put in there well exactly <laughs> okay the picture of the pygmy puff they put here is from the movies and i is this the best they could come up with ah ah it's horrible it's like a tribble with yoda eyes it's really scary it's like got a skull number three on the list Various vouchers for exciting experiences. Oh, what? Now, does that does that sound familiar? Is it, are they suggesting Wizarding World Gold, but in real life? I would love a voucher for a wizarding experience. It could be a trip to a mobile-friendly location in the Wizarding World, like Diagon Alley. Or Dobby's Grave! A, Dobby's Grave! A row across the Black Lake for a chance to see the giant squid. Smaller but no less exciting experiences could include side-along apparition, or a guided potions club. There we go. I'm so mm. confused. Yes, that is what mm-hmm. that is the real that's the real one there. But yeah. I'm very confused about what these are. Uh, vouchers. For I love a voucher for a wizarding experience. Is, so okay. So say I'm giving you one of like a book of vouchers for wizarding yeah. experiences to you for Christmas. Yeah. It's just like 
a piece of paper that I wrote like sidelong apparition on. Yeah, and, what, and then you like... and you receive that and you're like, oh, that would be fun. Did you ever do the things in school when you were a little kid that were like you know, like making Mother's Day presents that were like voucher for one hug? Right, but you can hug someone. Like it's like voucher. I'll do the dishes one time, but yeah. then you have to do the dishes. If I gave you a slip of paper that said like trip to Diagon Alley, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know. Imagine I, if you were giving that to a if if the premise here is like you're giving this to a muggle, you'd hand that to them and say, "What the fuck is Diagon Alley? What is the side along apparition? Who right. is Professor Snape?" Right. <laughs> Here, here, passing muggle. Here's a voucher for one guided potions lesson. You're welcome. <laughs> Again, all of these would break the statute of secrecy. Surely, feel like I'm showing up to Snape's potions class for for a lesson. He's like, "Who the fuck are you?" Here's the here's the visiting muggle in the in the potions lesson. Oh, do they have a voucher? N- nope, they have to oh, leave. Oh, gotta and have go. Their memory gotta wiped. go. Get out of there. Yep, get get them out of there. But if they if they do have the voucher, it's fine. Sure. Number four, goblin made jewelry. Oh. Perhaps you need a gift for that special muggle in your life. A piece of goblin made jewelry or other metalwork is a surefire way to let them know how much they mean to you. Goblin made objects are of such fine quality that even wizards have been unable to recreate their equal. With handy features like dirt repulsion and no need for cleaning. I think those are the same feature. Those are the same feature. Uh, This is a gift that will last for generations. uh, So nice jewelry. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. Grow your own wizarding plants. The wizarding world is simply full of different plants. <laughs> <laughs> the wizarding world is simply full of different plant species. I'm always saying this. I, I, I always get so sad in this non-magical world we live in. And I'm like, I wish we had more plant species. We I only... need more plants, please. <laughs> Not so, a wide enough variety. I'm so bored species. with the plants that are real. <laughs> Species like mandrakes and devil snare are absolutely not safe options for muggles. Not even cuttings in flower pots are safe for an unsuspecting muggle to be around. One possible option is the charming flutterby bush, which quivers and waves. A perfect plant to add to a bit of wizarding charm to your muggle home. Yes, hello. I'd like the plant with anxiety, please. I'd like the I'd like the plant that wiggles. <laughs> uh, a flu connection. A flu connection could be a really handy upgrade to your muggle's home. Why are they saying this like a, like they're your dog? Like, oh, you're muggle. I'd love to I'd love to give a present to my muggle. They get really excited when I bring out a chew toy from the store. It's very Temporary, weird. temporary connections can be obtained, but imagine the joy of having your own personal teleportation system. Uh, as an Australian, I know that many of us would kill for a relatively instant connection to wizarding locations around the world. Uh, just be sure to explain very carefully about the importance of enunciation. It's true. Wizarding books. The great thing about shopping for your muggle friends is that they are guaranteed to be fascinated by everything. For any Hermione's that you might know, a nice thick textbook on an area they're fascinated by would be a solid choice. You could also nopt for an autobiography. Harry Snout Human Heart, for example. I probably wouldn't recommend Lockhart's books just because of the whole fraud thing. I disagree. If I'm getting a wizarding book, I want I want a Lockhart book. This just seems mean and also against the entire premise of the world being secret. I'm really confused <laughs> about this article now. Yeah, I'm not really sure what what they're going for here. Like you're just are you just like pranking your muggle friends by like taunting them with this cool world they're not part of? 
I'm, I'm not I'm not sure, but there's one last one here, which is mm-hmm. uh, an invisibility cloak. Oh, only w- yeah, just pick one of those up. Yeah, just I'll just pick up one. Well, uh, <laughs> depending on which Harry Potter book you're in, I guess you could. Depending on, like, w- whether the uh, invisibility cloak is a big deal or not yet. Uh, there's only one true invisibility cloak, so I don't expect that for Christmas. But an- as another more meaningful and special gift, invisibility cloaks are right up there on a list of best presents ever. Why? What's meaningful about them? Here, you Expensive. can sneak... You can sneak around with this. You can get up to shenanigans with this. God, I wish that Draco had an invisibility cloak in this book. Please, why didn't he steal Harry's at the beginning? Imagine how freaky that would have been. He should have stolen Harry's and then like had brought one of his own that he bought because he's like a rich guy. Hell and then like yes. swapped them or something. That would have been so cool. Yeah. And then Harry's like, this isn't mine. It doesn't work very well. Yeah. Visibility cloaks are very rare and rather pricey, so if your Christmas budget doesn't stretch that far this year, how about a disillusionment charm so that your muggle can experience being a human cl- Again, oh, well, please Hold stop. on. Are, are you just, like, casting the charm on them for Christmas? Yeah, happy Christmas. I'm gonna do a spell on you. You're invisible now. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> this is so aw- This is so freaky. This is, like, weird. This Is this, like, in characters a pure blood? Like, here's some shit you can do to fuck with your muggle friends. It's very confusing. Very, very freaky stuff. But uh, I think we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we had a, we had a nice time uh, reaching into our into our Christmas stocking. Next week, we'll get into the, JK, the present from J.K. Rowling. It's a very ominous thing to leave this on. Mm. Um... But yeah, we'll take it to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. There's a whole bunch of fun stuff there for you. We've got Let's Plays of Video Games. We've got bonus episodes. We've got, uh, we read we read John Green novels. Just, mm. thinking, just thinking all sure about John, John Green novels that we read and talked about on there. Lots and lots of content for you there. And Liz, what are we going to read next week? We're reading chapter 11. It's called Hermione's Helping Hand and has a picture of what looks like Quidditch to me. <sighs> this could go either way. This could be really good. This could be, you know, Hermione. I, I, I love to hope that Hermione becomes a good character. But Quidditch, that's a little, that's a little ominous. I don't know. Is Hermione going to care about Quidditch? For no reason? I guess we'll have to wait until next week to find out. But until then, please read another book. Please read another book. There's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.